Welcome to the CTC Podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Bill French discuss life lessons they have learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield. On the line is Dom Joe. What's good, Dom Joe? No family what dinner. Up, what? What's up? No family dinner today. What's good? Hey, bro. Actually, we just was at family dinner, man. You know what I'm saying? Last oh. week, you know what I'm saying? I apologize. I didn't make the podcast last week, man. Y'all decided to move it up an hour, and I was at family dinner last week, too. But that's neither here nor there. What's up, world? Everything's good. What up? What up? Well, we got a special guest on the podcast today. Actually, she is a... a a generational guest because her brother was on the podcast early in our uh early in the year i'm not sure it was probably around the top 10 episodes but um her brother adam was on here today we have rachel prisker on the podcast what's up rachel how's it going thanks for having me you excited i'm excited i'm a little nervous i've never done a podcast but anything for you too so i'm hey, ready that's love appreciate that um well let's get into this it's gonna be you know real quick clean positive we're gonna help you get you we're gonna learn all about what you're doing all that good stuff but first we're gonna start off with the fight dom joe what's your what's your thoughts on the fight man wilder versus fury man what's your what's your thoughts you know dom joe's a boxing connoisseur in his own mind so what's your thoughts dom joe (laughs) i'm not a boxing connoisseur i'm a boxing fan um boxing enthusiast got a lot to learn but I think it was a good call. I think the draw was a good call, man. Tyson outboxed him, uh, touched him more, but um, Wilder dropped them bombs, man. I don't know how. I don't know how Tyson Fury got up on that last knockdown, boy. Hey, man, <laughs> God must have touched him. Like, man, I don't know what got into him, boy. I, I thought he was down for the count. But I mean, I think bottom line is Tyson Fury outboxed him, but. Um, Wilder hit him with the hardest shots and knocked him down twice. It was a draw. Okay. I understand that, man. At the end of the day, don't nobody ever go down twice and, and, and then come away with, a, with a, all right, it's a draw. We won it then. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen nothing like that where a guy blatantly takes the worst of the punishment and, 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 it's, a, and it's a tie. Nah, that don't work like that. That don't work so, like that. So what, are you, what are you saying right now then? What are you saying? I'm saying that, hey, man. If you take the worst of the punishment, you usually lose. You usually lose, and he definitely don't tie. It's got to be one way. I'm, maybe I'm more offended with the draw. I don't like people tying. I don't like ties. Ain't no such thing as no tie. All right, so you they just open the can of worms for themselves. Ain't no such thing as no ties, man. I think I think there's a big overarching issue here, and that is boxing period. There's no clear cut scoring system, so you get these dramatic draws and controversial decisions. And I think they do it on purpose, though, because it just begets more money. Now the rematch is going to be in London. It's going to be that much bigger. You know what I'm saying? But the the non-concrete scoring system of boxing is is an is a issue. Rachel, you a fan of boxing or not? I do like boxing. I grew up watching boxing, but I would agree with you. I think there's never in life where both people, and I've never been in court, and they go, you both did a good job arguing. You kind of were terrible in the beginning. But you both win. That that's not how it works. So uh, I hate that in in basketball. I hate that in baseball. So I'm with yeah. you on that. Science crazy. Um, well, there's really no ties in basketball. 
Ain't no, ain't, I, don't, I don't think there, I don't think any, there's been a tie in history. Man, they just keep going with them overtimes. Hey. Why, why, is, there I, no, why is there no, why is there no overtime in boxing? No, he's saying basketball. They no, I'm saying, why isn't there overtime <laughs> like overtime in boxing? Round. Yeah. Uh, I think health reasons, you you know what I'm saying? After 12 rounds of beating somebody's face in with eight ounce gloves or 10 ounce gloves. Only one person was getting their face in. Only one person didn't want to go to the next round. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Right? <laughs> Only one person was getting their face beat in, man. Um, just think about this. If Floyd Mayweather was in that position where he was outboxing somebody, but he went down twice, there's no way that he would have. they would have gave him that fight. I don't care what nobody said. If Canelo or if um, anybody else that he boxed against knocked him down twice in a fight, there's no way they're giving that fight to Mayweather. That's all I'm saying. Right. Boxing is very subjective, bro. So how do they how do they deal with the money then too? Because isn't there money on the line for all these? Like, what do they just split it? Or nobody, well, nobody gets it. Per, there's a basic person, then you got incentives built in on certain stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody got the win. Like whoever won the fight, nobody got that. But they were both guaranteed fifty million for that fight, though. Wow. Hey, when they guarantee fifty million. You don't care if you win, lose, or draw. You go out of there <laughs> happy man. Right. Yeah. Hey man, but on a side note, um, shout out to the UVA boys going to the Belk Bowl in Charlotte. Might have to make that move. Might yeah. have to make that move, man. Um, uh, December twenty oh, ninth, I think, something like that. Oh, 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 hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. We ain't even talking about the Meek album yet, bro. Oh, hey, bro, we we, we're not even five minutes into the podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying that that should have been first, Rachel. What you think? I'm not a I'm not a big uh, Meek Mill person. I'm a fan of his because he's from Philly. But Drake every day, man. Drake every day. <sighs> I know I know you're gonna have a problem with that, but you you listen to Meek album enough for all of us. So I don't know if he needs me as a fan. <laughs> was it was it was it a better album than Wins and Losses? I think this is a necessary album. I, I haven't listened. I got to listen to it a couple more times to put it up against wins and losses, but it's definitely up there. Wins and losses. I, I like this message on this album. See, I could resonate with wins and losses more than this album, but like if it takes Meek to tell the young boys to, if the, if it takes Meek to tell the young boys to say, Hey, yo, don't do this, get a job, stay in school, be educated. If it sounds better, come from Meek than come from me. And, the young boys love that, then I I just love the reaction it's getting for that reason. You know what I'm saying? It's really, you know, he's talking about the justice system on there, his experience. Uh, and I just really appreciate it for that reason. That's I will why. say there's I a will couple say, wavy tracks on there. But I will say this, man. Meek has come a long way from Flamers one, two, and three. That's all I'm gonna say, man. Wins and losses took him to a to a superstar level. Right. And he he's still staying I, on that level. So no I, I, I give him that respect. No, I tried to tell you when I first got on campus, bro. Hey, the Flamers three wasn't, you know what I'm saying? He's on a different level right now, man. That wasn't, that wasn't losses is a, a different level. But, you know, the CD before that went like that, Dreams and Nightmares, it was decent. Um, So, yeah, it was a holler track. That's a classic track. As far as the overall product, yeah, wins and losses took it to the next level. Um, Big facts. So, so, let's get into the actual guest of the podcast today. Rachel. Okay. Tell everybody about. Tell them who you are, what you do, where you're from, all those good things. Okay, so uh, I run Rachel. a law firm called Pritzker Law Group with my twin brother Adam, who you mentioned earlier. 
It's a specialty real estate law firm. Uh, it focuses on real estate development. So zoning, land use, I can kind of explain what zoning is without having people fall asleep, but, uh, and government relations and um, sort of anything real estate touching, anything city facing. We do a lot of cleaning up work for people in the sense of violations, uh, dealing with taxes and everything like that, uh, as far as real estate and appraisals are concerned. And mostly what I do is I help people develop things in Philadelphia um, that is outside of what the what our zoning code allows, uh, maybe height or uh, dimensionally help them figure out bonuses. Uh, and I'm always trying to push really collaborative ways to work with city government, the city officials. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, Philadelphia is very political. And the majority of what I do, I'd say 95% of it is understanding, interpreting, and helping guide people through the politics of this and the system. And then truthfully trying to work with um, developers to understand, you know, um, when they deal with community groups, our, our process requires a lot of involvement with community groups and uh, different individuals and just trying to push forward things that are a little more um, more beneficial uh, than just for the developer where there can be benefits so that people um, can more embrace development instead of um, go against it. I feel like a lot of people just like to say no to projects and it's uh, it's a very, very uh, controversial system in Philadelphia. So that's where I focused and I started that um, after working at a big law firm in the city out of law school. And then I worked for uh, a councilman who also happens to be very involved in real estate. He owns, you know, the majority of real estate in Center City, uh, is involved in a lot of restaurants and he would, you know, took on politics and I joined his staff right when he started. So I wanted to leave uh, my post in government and didn't want to work for anyone else. And luckily I have a twin who, who supports me. So we're about a year in and uh, it's been a, a very, very big learning experience, but it's, it's been amazing. So um, I feel very, very grateful to be able to wake up and do this every day. So you and the CTC podcast, you're, uh, the Prisker Law Group and the CTC podcast, about the same age. Yeah. Uh, respect on that. So what? What? So just to make sure everybody understands. You're CEO and founder, right? Mm-hmm. Co-founder. Co-founder. CEO and co-founder. Yeah. Um, what? What? What type of? Um, I guess. What was the hardest process in finally deciding? All right, I'm going to do this. I know you just talked about a little bit about why, but what was the kind of the hardest process of saying? All right, you know what? Adam, you're on board. Let's do it. Like, I believe in it. We can support ourselves doing this. I think the hardest part was uh, just taking the initial leap. Um, I think when you work for other people um, at any kind of business, the infrastructure is already built. Somebody's already done all the groundwork to figure out, you know, all the way from computer systems and how to track your, your time, your productivity to getting clients. I mean, when you work at a law firm, that's all done for you. You show up every day, you sit in an office and you do work that someone else brought in. Um, there's not that much creativity involved, but I think the hardest part for me was just taking the initial leap to start. It's something that I had thought about doing. Um, it, I got to a point in my past jobs where um, I respected the people I worked for, but I thought that I could put a different twist on it. But believing you can do something and then actually going to do it, um, was, was the toughest thing. And then, you know, my brother didn't work in the same space as me necessarily. So then convincing him and seeing, showing him the vision that I had, um, and just starting to set that plan in motion. Um, I was lucky that I had, uh, family support that I had saved enough money where I could, uh, if I fell on my face, um, I'd be okay. But, um, it was just taking that initial leap. And 
waking up every day and really committing to it, not saying, all right, let me give it a go for three months and then we'll see. Um, it was really like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to play to win. And, um, I'm good. If I am not successful, it's not going to be for lack of trying. It's, it's going to be because, um, you know, other factors that I didn't think of where I, this isn't really what I want to do, but it wasn't, I wasn't going to give it, you know, a half effort. I think that was what was the most difficult was actually taking that leap. I meet people all the time that, say to me, Oh, I want to start my own law firm or I want to do this. Can I pick your brain? And they always have this in five years, I'll do it in three years. I'll do it in six months. You just, there's never a good time to like, just go do it. So you just have to do it. And, uh, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't, but I'd probably be working for someone else. Uh, not as happy as I am now. What really stood out from that was the play to win comment. That stuck out for me. Um, so, mm -hmm. so what does, what does play to win look like on a day-to-day -day basis for you? So, um, someone much smarter than me once said to me, in order to be successful, you have to put your head down. You have to have a vision. You have to put your head down and you have to work at it every single day. So play to win it, for me is just, I put my head down every day. I have a goal in mind of what I want to accomplish that day or that week or that month or that year. And I put my head down and I hold on to this vision I have for not only what, what I want this business to look like, but, but who I want to be in this business. Um, what I want to represent, uh, what, you know, the kind of work I want to do, the kind of product I want to put out. And I just go at it every single day. Uh, my dad is, was very successful in business and, uh, we meet with him quite regularly to, to kind of discuss things with him. And what he has said to me is that, you know, he can sense that Adam and I have this unwavering commitment to this and that we will die making this work. Like the, the commitment, um, from me, from Adam, is unwavering. I wake up every day and I know this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to give it every ounce of energy I can for that day. Some days are better than others, but, um, and, and, and truthfully just being human about it. I mean, you really do have bad days. You have times you need to take a break, but I, I work at this every single day, um, with, with all the energy that I, that I can bring to it. So, you know, out of the people that we've out of the people that we've interviewed on here, I've I've seen a I've seen a, a growing um, pattern of parents being entrepreneurs or business owners. Mm -hmm. What did you learn from? Do you think that had a play to you being okay with taking this leap or making it easier for you to take this leap? Um, as far yeah, as like, I've seen this before. Yeah, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. So my dad uh, started his own business, was really successful, ended up selling it, retiring at fifty, and uh, starting an, another career. So I, I watched him. And then my mom also, uh, has her own business as well. Uh, so she put herself back through school and, and created her a business. And, um, I have two parents who have unbelievable work ethics. Uh, so I was always around, uh, that kind of, um, success and motivation growing up. And, uh, so I knew it was, it was possible. And then both, uh, the mentors that I've had, um, are very successful in business. One's not really an entrepreneur. The other really is. And just surrounding yourself with people who, uh, are similar minded, who take risks. And if, you know, someone, someone said to me, uh, when you look at your, you know, look at your dad and, and everything like that, you know, um, did you ever think to yourself, like, for sure I could do this, you know, watching, you know, your dad do it. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I have a law degree. I have a twin brother. I have two parents with the experience and resources to help me. If my dad could do that without a twin brother, without parents and resources, uh, without the law school education that I was lucky enough to be able to do, um, that I for sure could do it. And there's a lot of people you look around, 
um, and not in a negative way, but there's a lot of people that are doing amazing things and uh, a lot of people that may not have, you know, have the same gifts you have in life. And if they can do it, then you can, you can absolutely do it. So I think being around all of that was, was helpful. And uh, I'm a very determined person. Uh, when I decide I would like to do something, that's, that's kind of it. So I knew uh, that was also part of it. That's been my personality. I'm very, people tell me I'm relentless. So when I want something, that's, that's kind of it. And this was one of those things. That's what's up. Dom, you got any good, any good stuff? What's your sign, Rachel? I'm a Pisces. So I'm uh, at the end of February, February 28th. Pisces are very emotional. Uh, they're deep in a, in a, an emotional way, I guess. And uh, very, very passionate. Okay. What's your sign, Chase? Aries. Ram. I don't know for answers. Yeah, that that's probably pretty true about you. And we got it when we got Dom as a Gemini, which makes complete sense for him. Off off the wall. (laughs) Kanye. (laughs) Wait, Kanye's a Gemini? I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, I feel like everybody's a Gemini, man. There's so many Geminis out here. Hey. Rachel, I appreciate that, everything Dom? that you said. I think the biggest thing I can resonate with what you said is your, uh, we used to call it don't look for no light. We still call it don't look for any light at the end of the tunnel. Um, the way you just consistently wake up, do the same thing, and like you say, play to win. That involves just going out there and doing whatever you got to do and getting it by any means necessary and not getting tired. Just keep doing it. Relentless. Boom. Wake up. Do the same thing. Keep doing it. Keep winning. Keep winning. Keep winning. And um, I love I love that part about you. Now, my question is, what what is it about this profession that makes you wake up excited every day? Um, one, I think, is the politics. That's kind of what I fell in love with, with this practice. Um, a lot of People think about lawyers and they think that you just sit at a desk and you you push paper. And there are a lot of different types of law. So there are, you know, people who sit and push paper. What I love about this is the politics of it. I get to go out and uh, it's a lot of strategy more so than I, I think it's more an art than a science. Um, there's a certain way in which you have to move to be successful in this space. Uh, Philadelphia is the fifth largest city in the country, but it is with, you know, one and 1.5 million people, but it's also a really, it's the, it's also a very small city in the sense of, um, the interconnectedness that it has with, you know, if you're in certain spaces in Philadelphia, you kind of know everybody and the politics is really small town politics. Uh, we don't have term limits. So, um, council members, there's council members who have been in office since the, you know, early eighties. Um, and they just keep getting reelected, 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 um, city officials, a lot of the same city officials, uh, turn don't, there's not a lot of turnover as far as, they worked for this mayor, then the next mayor, then the next mayor, you know, it's, so it's, it's a lot of the same people. So it's really small town in the way it's operated. And what excites me about, uh, all the politics of it is that, uh, it's a game of strategy. It's a game of, in my opinion, chess. It's not checkers. It's chess. It's, you really want to be careful how you move. You really want to be strategic in what you're doing. Uh, well thought out, understand all the angles, understand who the opponent is. Um, I think, uh, when I, when I worked at the law firm, I got one side of this. I got the, uh, big developer side of it working in the private sector where we represented, uh, large REITs, real estate investment trusts. We, uh, I did like multi-million dollar bond issuances for, you know, Philadelphia, uh, 
not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Turnpike and, you know, large charter schools. Um, we did saw a little bit of nonprofit stuff, but not really. My, the partner I worked for represented a lot of large institutions. I saw really that side of it, the developer side of it, the private money side of it, the private mentality side of it. Then when I went to government, I saw the complete other side of it. I saw, you know, a lot of uh, civil servants. You see a lot of people who are um, overworked, underpaid. Um, you know, it's just the, the, the lack of efficiency sometimes, um, even the lack of technology. Um, when I worked in city council, we still had timesheets, right? So we had to, on a piece of paper, write our name and write the time we went, got in, time we left. Um, I had a desk that looked like I was in fourth grade. It was so small and old. Um, and then, you know, coming from a big fancy private firm. So I've seen both sides of this. So when I move it, I move in a way in which to be considerate of both sides of it. And every day it's something completely different. Every case I get is something different. I work on projects, single family homes. The biggest project I have right now is 300 units. Uh, I get to work with different clients, which is exciting. So uh, and can be frustrating, obviously, uh, dealing with different personalities, different work ethics. Some people don't work the way you work, or uh, you have to kind of work to get them to see what you see with certain projects or, um, you know, just trying to help people understand different perspectives. Maybe we should approach this community group with this sort of a project, or maybe we can make a tweak here. It would be a little more palatable. Um, it's just interesting every single day. It's not sitting and just reading through, um, you know, medical records or, um, going through, you know, discovery documents. It's really trying to figure out the strategy. And I sit and do um, almost all of the political strategy. That's sort of my wheelhouse. And I, of course, run it by Adam so he can poke holes through it. But it's just really devising the way I'm going to work a case. Um, I've never lost. So um, I'm going to knock on wood while I say that. But um, never lost. So, yeah. <laughs> LeVar Ballstyle, never lost. Never <laughs> lost. Uh, so we're operating at 100% success rate. So uh, I'm very proud of that, but that makes me scared every day too. So I think that that drives me also. But yeah, it's it's does and it's put mine. More on you? I'm, um, does it put more pressure on me? I think uh, yeah, like of course. I, I like the pressure. I like the adrenaline rush. Um, I like uh, I like setting the bar uncomfortably high. I expect a lot out of myself. I expect a lot of out of other people that I deal with and people that I work with and people that I'm around. Um, I think that we're on this earth one time, maybe more. It depends on what you believe in. But uh, if you're not going to, you know, if you're not going to strive to be the best, I'm not doing, I'm not out here because I want to be decent at this. I want to be the best at this. I want to hone my craft uh, perfectly. Um, and I want to, I just, I also want to blow people away. I want to show people what I can do and the value I can bring and learn, you know, along the process. So yeah, it's a pressure, but everybody's got pressure. And if you're a, a high achiever, you know, you feed off of that pressure. So I think it'd be silly if nobody expected anything of you every day and you just kind of just like oh, hope for the best, you know, that's, that's not really the way I go into it. So it's just yeah. a trade-off, I guess. Pressure do two things, man. Chase, what do, what do pressure do? They pressure you to make diamonds or bust pipes. <laughs> yeah. Big facts, yeah. man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, I mean, you know, that's the CTC mentality all the way right there. You feel me? Um, oh, if yeah. I was in my normal studio right now, I'd be hitting the claps, bro. Hitting the <laughs> claps. You know what I'm saying? But nah, they're definitely out there getting it, man. Definitely out there getting it. What do you say for 
And you know what's respectable about this is the woman entrepreneur that has a mindset. Because I feel like a lot of people feel like women in entrepreneurship are easy to take advantage of. But you don't get that vibe from Rachel. Or I feel like she stands on what she believes in and she goes and gets it no matter what it is. So what would you say for other women entrepreneurs um, trying to go do their own thing and in a world, you know, uh, definitely CEOs and founders that are mostly, mostly dominated by men? What would you say? Uh, I say, I would say there's a lot of space for them, I think. Um, and you don't have to be like, I'm a very, um, assertive female. You don't have to be aggressive. Um, in my profession, I, I find that, and that's just my personality is like that either way. Um, I think there's, you can be soft and sweet. Um, people are going to, people are going to take advantage of, they're going to take advantage of you, but uh, you just cannot work people. It's better. I always like, uh, that people don't see me coming. You know, they don't assume that I, uh, can kind of carry a case like I can. They don't assume I know the people I know. They don't assume, you know, it's, you kind of go below the radar a little bit, which is nice. Um, because they don't see you coming. They don't put up some, sometimes as much of a defense or make it as difficult. You can, um, you know, especially if the, if people are used to seeing men all the time, like in front of the boards, like they're used to hearing from the same group of men over and over. It's like a fresh face. It's probably more interesting. Imagine you sit as a judge or, you know, a ch- a, we have a chair of the zoning board. He sits and listens to all male, older uh, or middle-aged white male attorneys all the time. Um, getting someone who's who looks different or sounds different, has a different approach. It's probably interesting. Part of being a lawyer is theater. Um, anybody who tells you they don't perform is is misguided or not doing it right. It's a performance. And I think for women, you just have to get comfortable with your style. You're always going to run into people who may underestimate you or who um, don't think you're as smart as that, as they are. But I just always think that's an opportunity to prove yourself. And it is hard. I mean, there's a lot of rooms I go into. I was at a, I got invited to a breakfast forum, um, with some other individuals in real estate. I was the only female there. Um, and I was happy at least to be represented and to be able to represent other women so they can, you know, get a female perspective. Um, even I work with a lot of architects. I work with a big architectural firm regularly. That's all men. And even in their designs and some of the, the colors that they pick in their schematics, I'm like, you can tell that there's not been a female touch to any of it. Um, and I think when females are not represented, you're missing out on 50% of the population. And so there's a lot of space, um, and for women to come, it's not oversaturated. Like, I don't think any career besides maybe um, some of the medical fields are not necessarily oversaturated, but you see a lot of women. Um, so that it's just space for them. But um, I don't really necessarily try and see it as like a, a hard, it's just something you have to deal with. So it's just a matter about how you respond. I think, I think Rachel, you're doing a good job of uh, throwing a uh, woman entrepreneurship ad out there. But I disagree with you on the fact that I feel like women, there is a double standard in this, in, in society. And I feel mm-hmm. like as a woman, if you want to own your own business, be, be your own boss, be an entrepreneur, you have to be more assertive than a man, than a man can be. Um, I feel like the nice guy, the nice girl, woman stuff can like kind of get, kind of get convoluted sometimes. Cause let's be honest, man. In some spaces, like sometimes guys will, they'll be trying to flirt and all that stuff. Like, I think it's that much harder for women to get respected on the business level to where men will take them serious. And I think part of that, you have to be a little bit of a hard ass. 
more so than you would normally. I think it also just depends on your audience. I mean, there, there are men that I deal with that are really enlightened and educated and, and, or maybe just more exposed to, to women, um, than other men or that don't have necessarily the same mentality as some other men. Um, I know very successful women in the space who are not aggressive. It just doesn't call for it. You can be, um, you can be assertive without being super aggressive. The other thing is depending on what individual you're you're dealing with like some men if i'm really aggressive they just don't respond well to it it's not that i have to be super meek and nice but you have to kind of like cater to your audience yes yeah, some men i have to put my foot down i get hit on on a regular basis unsolicited like unsolicited unwanted um you, you know people first look at your appearance that's like anything and then or or they you know that you're a female and they they can't help themselves but i think it's just i, I like when um I like when people just don't just assume or, or they're distracted by that fact. And then it's just like, all right, well, watch, you know, watch me work. Cause now that you're distracted about something that's completely unrelated as you wouldn't be looking at a man that way. I can, I can find, you'll, you'll tell those sometimes they'll tell me more information that they probably would tell anybody else. And it, it can give you an upper hand in ways, but I get yeah. what you're saying. And that you think that, you know, you have to be strong and assertive, but you can be strong and assertive without being aggressive. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, the, to the double standard, women get labeled as, you know, uh, you know, B I T C H. I don't know if I we can curse on here, but, um, no, we definitely can. so <laughs> the people, yeah, people get, you know, labeled as that if they're really aggressive and assertive. Um, so sometimes it's just, you can't win either way, but if you're confident in, in, in your abilities and you just know that that's what you're facing at the end of the day, then you just have to figure out how to, how to handle it. You know, people, people deal with, uh, adversity all the time for a lot of different reasons it's just it's just part of the game and you got to work with what you have so that's kind of how I see it I use it to my advantage when I can and you know I just I just focus on the work and letting the work show you know um you know show who I am and, and what I can do hey that's big facts right there big facts um mm. but no this is dope man I hope that we get a whole bunch of um ladies that listen to you speak because I feel like that's a huge thing that I continually see is, you know, um, women being misrepresented, not only in high positions in society, but in definitely in the CEO founder realms of places where I'll be at. So I think that's extremely dope. Um, misrepresented, underpaid. Um, yeah. I think women make 79, 79 or 74 cents to every dollar a man makes uh, minority women. It's even less than that. Um, but if you continue to educate people and you, um, you know, work at places that have put certain things in place in which to promote women and, um, make sure that women are represented in leadership and CEO roles, um, you know, and, and to create businesses in which you can empower women. One of the reasons I also wanted to do is I want to employ a lot of people. There's a lot of amazing people that I've met in, um, you know, I've been in Philly for 10 years. I grew up in Villanova right outside the city, but I've been in this area my whole life. There's a lot of people that I know that I want to employ so that I can provide a workspace that empowers, um, you know, different perspectives and different backgrounds and different sexes and all, all of that stuff. So you can find places that, that are like that as well. And uh, not every place is um, super male dominated and has a kind of a closed mindset. True. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I think I think because I I played football, I played sports, I really didn't understand the um I it really I really still don't get it that much like how 
the women issue in like corporate America, like how how it can be such a pride issue in like just for lack of a bit, engineering or law. You know what I'm saying? Like if a woman is a better lawyer than me or she has something to bring to the table, I'm definitely gonna use that because she has a better idea than me. Or, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna respect the fact that right now she's actually a better lawyer than me. You know what I'm saying? My pride would never get hurt in that space. It's not like she's jumping higher than me or beating me in a fight or run faster than me. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I understand what you said, bro, but I just want to make sure we break this down to the Dom Joe level. So you rather <laughs> you rather her beat you on a test than punch you in your eye. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. hey for sure man if you're smarter than me man you gonna get on my team man we gonna I'm, a, I'm gonna beat you in a test and then punch you in the eye just just <laughs> foul swoop no man i'm serious though man like i really it really like bad for me you could call me naive or whatever when i really started working i was like yo women really do get mistreated and i just i mean it's crazy um Long story short, I, my first um, meeting, uh, D-scope meeting, that's when you're presenting for a project, um, came, and we're, we're prepping with two other architects, and there was a girl architect there, and the dude running the show was pretty much like, Carlos to them, you know, stop, we got this, we got this. Long story short, we go to the presentation, these guys are, PHA's picking us apart, right? And then to the point that the dudes didn't even say nothing. And then Carla comes and saves all our asses and we get the freaking project a month later. And I was like, I was so happy for her because I saw how they were dissing her. And I was like, go Carla, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm definitely all about women on my team. I try to get as many women on my team because I just feel like I bring a strict perspective. I bring Yeah. Like she said, it's 50% of the population missing out on. Like I bring a strong male, alpha male dominant, perspective to my thinking like and that's exactly what i bring like i do not bring no other side of it type thinking to it so um yeah i think it's it's also not not even just like women i mean it's just having people at the table who represent different perspectives period i mean you know when i worked in a council office you know there was a similar uh demographic you know sometimes people just stick around what they're what they're comfortable with, even socioeconomically. If you're not ha- if you're, if your table isn't represented by a lot of different, but you're going to, you're going to miss things. Um, if I'm trying to deal on a, a real estate development project in Strawberry Mansion, and I don't go talk to people in Strawberry Mansion about the perspective that they're going to have about the project. And I'm just over here assuming because I've already met with other people and, um, you know, or I've only spoke with the, the developer or I've heard about a project there or, if, if you don't have everybody at the table who really has a perspective, you're going to miss things. And if you don't go and talk to the right people or make sure that those people are represented, you end up sometimes in my case going to, you know, community meetings or going in front of the board and being like, oh, I didn't even think about that. That was an issue. I mean, did you did you know in this issue that it's, you know, in this in the neighborhood, this this is the big problem because of this unique infrastructure that they have or this, you know, whatever it is. So I, I think it's not just like women. I think women are a key piece and they're really, you know, underrepresented. But I mean, even just having, um, you know, people from different age ranges, you know, in your, represented people from, you know, different walks of life, different, you know, different places. Um, you know, if you, you hang around just Philadelphia people and you get a project somewhere else or you, you want to understand what are some best practices, you know, what we have a city that does legislation. We don't often look at best practices. Philadelphia is not unique. There's, we're the fifth largest city. Well, let's look at the other large cities and figure out what they're doing. They probably have similar, you know, so it's just about 
uh, for me, it's always just about, let me, let me get in front of the people who can spot things that I can't see. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So we have yeah. blind spots. If you're just never been exposed to it, then how would you even know that was something to bring up? So Hold I think on, women Rachel. are, yeah. Are, so you're telling me that Mark Org needs to hire some white people now? We're all black engineering firm. So you're saying we need yeah. to hire some white people? I don't know if it's about about hiring, because if you want to be an all-black engineering firm and that's your brand, then that's good. But yeah, you always can have a a white perspective if you'd like, or you could have a Chinese perspective, or you could have, you know, not not everything is black or white. I'm even even talking about, like, you know, we do legislation in our city for, for veterans or for the elderly or for disabled individuals. I mean, how often are you actually engaging with those parties to figure out what the with with the solution, how you I mean, you know how are you gonna build? Honestly, though, like just to be not to be funny, but like you all, you guys are all checking y'all checking the black box. That's what you guys are checking. You're checking the black box, old and young. You know what I'm saying? Those are the boxes mm-hmm. that you check. Those are the perspectives that y'all guys got. So from looking at it from racial perspective, there's a lot of unboxed categories now. Whatever business you can get from being an all black engineering company is you got to weigh that option. Like, is this worth it or is it not worth it? If it is, then it is. If it's not, it's not. You know what I'm saying? But it's all something to think about. I think it's not something that shouldn't be talked about for sure. Yeah, I think if you want to engage, if, unless you're only representing um, black developers or working with black architects, you're going to need to interface with white people. So maybe it would be worth having someone, maybe not necessarily on staff, but someone to consult with to help you navigate. I mean, I certainly don't try and pretend I know everything about black people. So if I'm going to certain neighborhoods, I ask other people that are from there you know, to let me know um, what I may be missing or what's the best way to, I didn't grow up in some of these other places. I grew up where I grew up in the way that I grew up. So um, I think if you have whoever you can have in your wheelhouse is beneficial, but um, I think you got to hire a female over there at that. At yeah, the, we, need, we need, we, we, we're trying to hire a female. You know what I'm saying? That'd be good right there. That'd be some Maybe good she's stuff half right black. There. Maybe she's half black. Ooh, well, the last take it two boxes. Take it two boxes. Y'all funny, man. But this, is, this has been 37 minutes. I feel like five minutes, to be honest with you. That's how it is when you all here with friends. But um, yeah. I got a question. Here goes the question that yeah. I was thinking about earlier, listening to some random people. I don't know how I got this question, but I typed it in my notes. And you know when it goes into the notes, it's extremely important. Before I get to it, make sure y'all guys follow CTC Podcast, like, subscribe, listen. Uh, leave comments we do got a question that we did that somebody asked you on the instagram page and rachel please follow us on the instagram page she has not accepted our friend request <laughs> calling me out uh, i've been so busy here's a question. is that a good excuse I've been that's busy. crazy that's not a, that's not an excuse we've been no pending love. for like three months we've <laughs> been pending for three oh. months <laughs> here goes the question would you rather be planning but not prepared or be prepared but not planning what's better to be a would to you, be planning but not be prepared, or to be prepared but you're not planning. Which one would you guys rather be? To be prepared but not planning. You gotta you gotta stay ready so you don't gotta get ready. You know what I'm saying? If you if you prepared, that means you're ready for whatever. You know what I'm saying? You don't exactly gotta be planning. Just I just know whatever I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do it, and it's gonna work because I'm prepared. I'm I'm ready. I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'd rather be prepared and not plan than not plan. <laughs> Whatever that was, bro. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah. I lost it, man. But you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, guys. Y'all know. He, he, he's not planning and he's not prepared. That's where he's at over there. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? 
Oh, Rachel, what do you, what do you think? Um, well, I know, I know you know this. I'm a big planner. Uh, I'm always 11 steps ahead of myself. And I think I, I'm going to agree with you on this, Dom. I think you need to be prepared. You don't need, if you're going to, ha- first of all, I'm going to be both planning and I'm going to be prepared. Um, right. That's where I'm going to start with it. But if I had to choose one, I, w- I would rather be prepared. That If you're prepared, you can kind of just um, adjust. Yeah, go off the top of your head or whatever. You 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 feel good about it. I mean, I've I've had situations where I can plan, you know, for a week for a case and then I get up in front of the board and they throw something at me that I didn't even think about. But luckily I'm, you know, I'm prepared. So, uh, but if I didn't plan to answer that question and I didn't prepare to be asked that, then I'm going to look silly. So, I think I think you got to be prepared always. But if you can do both, do both. I guess it's three for three then cuz I'm prepared but not planning as well. I think that if you're prepared and you're not planning, then obviously that's not ideal. But whatever comes your way, you'll see you're ready to knock it out. But if you're planning but not prepared, no matter what you're planning for, you're going to fail at it. So um, that's what I feel in that situation. So prepared but not planning. I thought that was a pretty interesting dynamic between some people that are planners, but they're just planning, but they're not ultimately prepared for it. And I, can't, I kind of see that as a situation as if, you know, I'm about to start this business. I got this business plan written out, but you haven't educated yourself on this field. You know what I'm saying? Like, what you what you what you planning your business for if you haven't really trying to take the take the processes of taking the steps of learning it? Like, what if Dom Dom Joe decides he's going to be a construction manager, but he doesn't want to take the construction classes? You know what I'm saying? So, um, that type of situation is how I see it. Um, but yeah, not, I mean, that's 41 minutes, man. You know, we don't try to stay out here too long. We like to be a nice car ride to work and then a car ride we, back to work. We got this. We, we might have to do a volume two, man, because you know what I'm saying? Oh, we, we definitely gonna get Rachel back on here. We might have to get uh, the both twins on here, man, and get them on. Oh, yeah. And go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you, you, you want to have an interesting podcast? Get the both of us. You need, you're going to need like three hours. <laughs> three hours of podcast. We, 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 we got to make sure that we keep our listeners. You know, we got like 100,000 listeners. It's crazy. Um, so Rachel, let everybody know where they can reach you at the website for Prisker Law Group, what they would, what, I guess, just go ahead and redefine if they were to reach out to you, what you could help them with that type of situation. Yeah, probably yeah, be sure. So, um, the best way to reach me is probably email and my email is Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, got an extra A in there at Pritzker, which is my last name, P-R-I-T-Z-K-E-R-L-G for law group.com. Our website is www.pritzkerlg.com. And I, I really can be helpful um, in a lot of ways in Philadelphia. I mean, if you literally have no idea how to reach a lot of different kinds of business, I know a lot of different people. Luck, luckily, I've been here again for my whole life. So there's a lot of people I know. But specifically, as far as my business is concerned, anything in real estate, anything that involves real estate, whether you're looking for uh, real estate, you want to get involved, you're looking to invest, or you actually have an active project and you want to know what you can do with a piece of property or how best to navigate if you are further down the line and, um, you know, you're ready to, to go for variances and things of that nature and, and you want legal representation. And we do, do stuff in front of every city board. Um, we do stuff um, in collaboration with city council. I also have experience writing legislation. I did that for two years. So anything, I would say anything Philly real estate related. And, uh, I can even expand my resources out with, you know, architects. I, I think I know one black engineering firm, um, and I can connect, <laughs> connect you with as well. Um, but, and, uh, all our information is on the website and, uh, I'm not going to, uh, shout out my Instagram. I feel like that's, uh, I got to follow we'll the CTC ta- podcast we'll, first. We'll, yeah, yeah. We'll take you on our Instagram anyway, so you'll probably get a million followers. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So, 
Rachel, well, this man, is awesome, you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you being on here. No, it's been a long time coming. We've been trying to get Rachel on the podcast for months and months and months. Not going to go into the details for what's been delayed, but we're just <laughs> glad to be on here now and uh, killed it on the podcast for 43 minutes. Um, Dom Joe, you have the gas this week. What is the gas of the week? The gas, man. This oh, actually hold on, hold on. Had- Talk about Dom. Hey, Dom Joe, slow down. I, I got one more thing that I got to get into. I forgot. That's such a good podcast. But the CTC way, the CTC challenge, is going on currently, and and um, you know I'm really big on not starting your New Year's resolution in January. I feel like that's the reason why people fail at their resolutions. So I'm challenging everybody to start their resolutions today, December, four weeks strong. So then when you hit January, you already it's already the way you live, prepared, right? Prepared for it. So don't just plan it out. Let's go ahead and start preparing today. Um, I'm gonna let you guys know what I'm doing for my New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. I'm giving up bread, having a bread in a week. Um, so I'm going strong with that through December and Dom Joe, I'm going to let you get a week before you decide what you're going to do for what your new year's resolutions are. Mm-hmm. So you can go ahead and start it. I, I, I got a couple things. Yeah. But good luck on that. I got a I got a couple things. One, I want to go back to my vegan diet, man. I fell off for like a good month, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, fell off, man. I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But not, not just guys. not mentally strong like Rachel is. Yeah. I'm three, yeah, I'm three years, I'm three years in with that. He's just trying to get on my good side. Mentioning the yeah. being vegan. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. It's true, but you know, we know Rachel. You know, Rachel loves the animals, man. So you know, what I'm saying die hard, die hard. She, and you don't she, love the animals. She, she saves souls. Rachel saves souls. Me, I'm just trying. You don't, to let, you don't love the animals. I mean, you know, people die every day. B, we live in Philly, oh, man. God. I, ain't really, I ain't really too, <laughs> worried, too much worried about animals. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Unless it's my animal. You know, hey, I mean? say we got we got a lot of things on the list like uh like prison reform before we get to the animals, huh? <laughs> yeah, man, big facts, man. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? But you know, definitely trying to stay healthy. But the gas, man, let's get into the gas, man, because this is a good conversation that I had with a family member um, recently, and um, she was just like she's trying to get her her um, business off the ground, and uh, she's like, I work so hard. You know, and it's just not coming to fruition right away. She was telling me about how hard she worked. And in my head, you know me, man, I ain't got no filter. So it came off just like this, okay? Y'all ready? You you work hard? That's good. You're supposed to work hard. You don't get a pat on the back for working hard. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay? That's not what you get a pat on the back for. Everybody works hard. It's like okay? going good. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm telling you right now. This, the mindset got to be expect nothing and earn everything. And and nice. like and you got to have a Rachel Pritzker mindset, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't look for no light at the end of the tunnel. Expect nothing and earn everything, man. Go to the deep waters and come out yourself. I'm saying, don't look for nobody to throw that lifeline, man. Hey, we making this out alone, bro. Hey, I, I'll take this whole thing by myself if I got to. That got to be the mindset, man. And just keep going. You're going to get it one day. Maybe not when you expect it, but it's going to happen, man. Expect nothing. Earn everything. That's the gas. Yeah.